The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. to be movies and ebooks i am craig wade and i am brian allen delaney and we are in spooky month 2018 the, the most spookiest time of the year yes yeah yeah so for those of you unfamiliar with spooky month it prepare is... to drop a podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's our snake shedding its skin every year <laughs> Um, so what it is, is we only cover Goosebumps during October. And, and Goosebumps related related materials. Yeah. You know, I thought about sneaking in a Fear Street. I th- I, I kind of did too. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought about doing one of the newer ones. Yeah. Right? And then I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What if, what if R.L. Stein's like, what if he got better? I don't want to read that. dude i did find a fear street the other day like uh oh my gosh i can't remember the name but it was in a bunch of books that my mom had cleaned out of her attic and she was Mm -hmm. like let's donate any of them that you don't want and i'm looking through it it's all little kid books and i'm like yoink (laughs) on the rl stein stuff (laughs) but yeah so um all right yeah so uh i what what are we covering okay so as far as a tv episode it oh, yeah. was and also most of the time we don't know what book each other read yeah i <laughs> i don't well he didn't know what i read this week he just told me because i asked him <laughs> i've already forgotten yeah um and uh yeah this is this episode <laughs> uh spooky month also we kind of i don't know about brian but i phone it in pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> so. I I tend I tend to take Spooky Month more seriously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, I uh, I covered uh, as far as books go. M- the book that I read was Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, I looked because uh, Revenge kind of sounds like uh, it's you know part two. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. That was the first time he's written about lawn gnomes. They also had a planet of the lawn gnomes as well. But anyway. That was like way later though, right? I would assume. That's probably whenever he tried to reboot it in the mid early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what'd you cover? I did Why I'm Afraid of Bees. All right. And then our our uh, uh, episode that we covered our of the TV show was an episode I found on Daily Motion. So if anyone's interested, <laughs> the whole series is on Netflix. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, literally, I was thinking the first one I can find if by just hitting you know R.L. Stein full episode Google feeling lucky, and then, and then just videos filter by video. That's the first one that came up. So it's shit. What was it? The the scarecrow walks at midnight. Yeah. All right. I like you. You put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> well. uh but before we get into any of that, what's new with you? Um, not too much. I got a couple new perspective 
projects going on. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing I can really talk about yet. <gasps> I know, but eh, I'm working. starting to think I'm starting to think that uh, these aren't real. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing I can really think up to make up right now. Yeah. That's it. No. Um, no, nah, but I mean, it's just, you know how things are like in pre-production things change or projects get canceled or get put on the back burner and stuff like that. So I never like talking about it until it's like actually happening. Yeah. Well, or until it's actually more happened happened. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, see any good movies? Uh, I saw, what did I see? Um, I saw white boy, Rick. Mm hmm. And I saw Colette. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it is. It is about a. Uh, it's star, starring Kira Knightley, mm-hmm. and it is about a um, female author um, at the turn of the last century. So, like in the eighteen nineties. God, that really sounds boring. Like not not for any reason, but just Kira Knightley and period pieces always make it drag slower. Oh my god, she's in so many of them too. Yeah, I know, I know, like an ungodly amount. Yeah, <laughs> and then also Star Wars. She's just like a period person. <laughs> it's all like archive footage. You know, she's not even really an actress. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, well, uh, was it good? It was. It was good. I mean, it was the movie. I mean, you'd hate it. I I know I would. I can't. I mean, I have you, a hard you, time with period pieces, even whenever they're like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. You know, like, <laughs> even whenever they're like, you know, it's like God. Why didn't he just use his cell phone? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean my my wife is huge into to period pieces, uh-huh. and so we have a tendency to watch every single one of them that ever gets made. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like westerns. All right, hit me yeah, up whenever she's in a the, western. That's the same time period. Yeah. Dude, we went and saw uh, Hostiles whenever it was out. You should have come with us. I've heard that that was like really years good. Ago. <laughs> I've heard it was really good. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, huh. And e- even up until recently, I never knew that that was a Western. I was like, oh, God, it's an old-timey Christian Bale movie. I'm out. Oh, <laughs> he was like, so good in it, too. <laughs> that's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> such a dismissive bastard. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure it was good. I've heard it good was stuff. really good. Yeah. Um, I saw Assassination Nation that day oh, yeah. it was at the theater. <laughs> it, How'd that go? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was good. It was it was fine. Like <laughs> you've, you've spent like episodes talking about how jazzed you were about this movie coming out. Well, I didn't know. Like, eh, it, it was a movie. No, I mean it was fine. What what happened was first half was real good, but nothing really happened. It was just like increasing pressure and mm-hmm. on you know different people were getting hacked and like uh, it turned out that like this family values uh, mayor of their town that was always pushing like family values and shit like that. He was like, surprise, surprise, uh, you know, um, like banging dudes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, like, is that really a surprise at this point in time? No, but he was like <laughs> banging dudes and dressing a, a, as women and stuff. 
Uh-huh. But at the same time, he was passing like, you know, anti-gay and yeah, like shit. discrimination bills and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, he just like uh, spoiler alert. Uh, he, you know, half the towns, all all the. Uh, you know, his fan base was all pissed at him because they were like, you were a fraud. And then all the uh, not fan base of his was like, you know, you're a fraud. So he yeah. calls a thing to resign and just like blows his brains out. Spoiler alert. Cool. And everyone's like, what the fuck? You know, and then they just start leaking more and more on more and more people. But the issues after that one become a lot less like. A lot more nuanced, and no one wants to listen to it. They're just siding up and shit real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it gets... Also sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, it gets really, really, uh, like, a great premise. And and honestly, the first half, I, like, I really liked. But then our theater, <laughs> specific to the theater, <laughs> then our theater had a power <laughs> surge. And um, right as it was like getting toward the climax, like three quarters of the way over. And it gave me like a little bit of a break to realize how um, bizarre the film was. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it would have worked better had I not had that. It was like 30 minute power surge. I got a free <laughs> refill on my drink. If you know, like it was like, oh, OK. But um, yeah, it, it was like it just kind of gets real far fetched toward the end and then unfortunately the climax uh is almost like inconclusive it's one of those where it, it, like a mario brothers 1 type deal <laughs> you know <laughs> or i guess the only mario brothers film <laughs> or uh the first harry potter yeah yeah so it it just kind of it frustrates you so but it does have the best like and most predictable last statement of the film ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I don't know. I mean, I liked it overall. It was real. It tried to be very, very subversive, which we called, you know, it looked that way. Yeah, the trailer was subversive. <laughs> yeah. And it was like it tried to both be like super, you know, as we had said on the previous episodes, we weren't sure if it was woke or not. You know, <laughs> it tried to be very very woke but edgy at the same time Mm -hmm. so i don't know it was just kind of like i don't know it it was it was a good film like i would recommend it but i'd recommend it as a rental and i think it's already out of theaters like it it bombed really bad yeah Um, it really did yeah it was only like me and four other people in the theater but (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I just caught a text. Or I just caught a text message. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but anyway, uh, so so yeah, I saw that, and I, I believe that's about it uh, as far as you know newer films that I've seen since last episode. What, you get you you uh, got any news? I need news. No, no, not at all. Uh, I have three things of news that are all very small, uh, and I actually kind of forgot one already. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, number one, uh, new Sabrina trailer dropped today. Uh huh. And it is great. Um, the you know the original teaser trailer really skewed towards the horror. Yeah. Right. 
this one kind of skews more towards the um, teenage almost comedy aspect of the show. Nice. But still has a lot of the horror in it, uh-huh. especially towards the back half of it. I am super excited. I am. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry, you're cutting out real bad. Uh, you're cutting out real you, bad. You, I heard you. All right, you back? Yeah. Okay. All right. This one. I was just saying. I, I was just saying. You know how I feel about uh, n- teenage supernatural shows. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're all in. Yeah, I am. I am gonna watch this, and it's gonna be great, probably, or suck really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. But it looks good. Um, I'm excited. You should see it. You should watch it. I'm I'm all in. I, I say we track the show on, on. You know, let's give episodic recaps. As oh, a new I'm down. <laughs> How do you episode some like episodic recap something that's like binge watchable? And also, we're every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah see you in a year unless you want <laughs> unless you want to meet in the middle and do just sabrina recap bonus episodes dude we could split it the series into two episodes what like, oh just, is it is it all dropping all at once though i hope so yeah but a lot of netflix stuff hasn't been now oh uh, really mm-hmm. hmm. i don't know yeah um the other thing i had Real quick, because uh, there's not much information about it, okay? But it's a great idea, and I don't know how they're going to implement it. But there's going to be an episode of Black Mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your own adventure. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Hopefully. That's totally not an algorithm based on <laughs> where we're going <laughs> to, you know, where they... I mean, that's something that's been in, like you know, future media all the time. Right. Choose your own adventure TV shows and stuff like that. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying that Netflix is overanalyzes data and they're definitely. Oh yeah. So they're going to give us like, um, advertisements and stuff based on what our moral decisions are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't know. Either that or just order more programming that fits, uh, you know, that specific, the most popular arcs. Okay, but come on though. That's kind of genius if they use it for that. And then it's kind of just giving people what they want. Right? Kind of, yeah. What's the problem? Ah, oh, dude, there's a problem in everything. I'm always outraged. <laughs> you have a problem with everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, I think I think that was it. I think the other thing was just gonna be I think I was just gonna ask you, like personally, if you had seen the new trailer for Vice, the Christian Bale Dick Cheney movie. Oh, uh, no, I've just seen how he looks as Dick Cheney. Basically, the trailer like dropped and it's great. Oh, really? Is it and a it flattering ha- has, portrayal? Huh? Is it what? A flattering portrayal? Uh, if you if you think of someone um, as sort of a uh, dictator as being flattering. Mm hmm. Then yes. Well, okay. So, uh, who did that? It was Oliver Stone did that W movie a few years back, and it wasn't like it wasn't like flattering or overly mean toward him. You know, it was mm-hmm. just kind of like a. Other than the fact that it kept having him like chase his father's expectations for him, it, yeah. it was just pretty much like on the nose, <laughs> like how I think he would describe it. You know. Hmm. Um. 
But I, I was just wondering if it was more like that. But I think this one's being directed by Adam McKay. Yeah. Who I can't see him uh, being super conservative or a fan of him. So uh, that's why I was asking more than anything. It, no, it kind of portrays because Sam Rockwell is George Bush in it. Mm-hmm. And he's great in it, um, or what I've seen so far. And it kind of portrays him as not bumbling, but just a, a kind of guy who just doesn't really want to do the hard work of being president. Huh. And then uh, it has uh, sort of portrays Dick Cheney as power hungry. Yeah. I can't imagine so someone... realistic. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine... Uh, Bush not wanting to put in the work or living under a president that doesn't want to put in the hard work to be president. No, uh, that's <laughs> just that's just bizarre to even think about. Those are simpler times. <laughs> uh, Why would anybody want to run if they weren't going to be the president? Like, were they thinking about parlaying it into a news outlet? You know, yeah. that's just that's just absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Something I- like that would never happen. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Goosebumps! (laughs) Let's get into Goosebumps. Uh, You want to take a break or just go right in the TV episode? It doesn't matter. Our break is just us going, okay, I'm going to stop this and push record. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to stop this. i got to pee. All right. All right. So let's hold in our pee and go. (laughs) so this episode starts with these two kids going to visit. Oh, we're going into the TV episode. Okay. Yeah, this is uh, Scarecrow walks at midnight. You Correct. can find it on daily motion <laughs> and, or, or Netflix. If you have Netflix. Uh, all right. Let's be high fluting. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't get all my TV shows from Daily Motion. <laughs> you snooty, snooty ass. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, uh, this one uh, Scarecrow walks at midnight. Basically, kids go visit their grandparents. <laughs> Sorry. What? It's summer and kids go visit their grandparents. Yeah, the the beginning of this, no shit. Like I was like, we've already covered this one. But no, that was Ghost it's Beach. Just, it's just literally yes. every one of them. Well, I mean, even down to like at at night, you know, like something outside the window and the grandparents are acting funny. But anyway, mm-hmm. so their grandparents are acting funny and <laughs> immediately i forget what it was uh the grandma normally has uh chocolate chip cookies oh no no okay let's back up for a second i thought you were just gonna do a you know brief synopsis um if we're going into it i already have stuff that i have problems with okay gotcha let's go (laughs) this kid the the main i'd say the girl like the 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 sister is the main character in this one yes he has way more screen time um but the little boy, her little brother, he's so obsessed with catching frogs. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> like, like, okay, so so th- when they arrive at the grandparents' house, he's like, hey, Grandpa, let's go catch frogs, right? And then their creepy um, farmhand guy, Stanley, is like, I don't like it when you catch frogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 so, <laughs> and, and so then the grandpa is like, oh, we better not catch frogs. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. And then so you think that's going to be the end of it. But then the next scene, the little kid's going on about how he didn't get to catch frogs again. <laughs> like he just he keeps bringing it up and it's weird. But all right. So then um, it, it's uh, 
they're they're in bed or they're in their bedroom, like the the two kids, and they're like, "Hey, you know, you need to go to sleep so you can have breakfast." And then the the little boy is super excited about chocolate chip pancakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's what the mo- uh, the grandma likes to make for breakfast, right? Yeah. And so next morning, no chocolate chip pancakes. Yeah. And then the the farmhand is like, I don't like no chocolate chip pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. He's like, I hate everything fun. <laughs> and, and it's like he, he he no chocolate chip pancakes. And they're the kids are all disappointed. I don't even remember what they got. No, I think so, it was cereal, wasn't it? When, oh yeah, it was like, like yeah, it was like cereal. cereal. Not even like good cereal. Oh. It was like regular mini wheats. Yeah, yeah. Quit letting this farmhand dictate your life. People. Yeah. Okay. So um, about this time, I noticed uh, this this episode has the weirdest music in it. Oh, I didn't notice. In it fact, is all, I had it sped up. One it of is the all many features, banjos and harmonica. One of the many features Daily Motion allows you to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's banjo and harmonica. Yeah, it's just all banjos and harmonica. I mean, I guess they really wanted to emphasize that they were like out in the sticks, yeah, you know, out in the country. Um, but I don't know. So the next day, they're playing catch in the yard. The brother and sister, uh-huh. right? Throws the ball too far because he's being an ass. Because the 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 sister's like, throw it harder, and so he throws it as hard as he can out into the cornfield, uh-huh. right? And the they run into the scarecrow, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and, and then what? Oh, yeah, and then the scarecrow uh, reaches out for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out it's the creepy farmer, the creepy farmer's son. Yeah, who Sticks. is? Yeah, who, he's somehow not right or strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't he writer strong? He looked just like him. I would have also accepted at the time Devin Sawa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I guess. He's too blonde. <laughs> right. I said he's too blonde. Writer strong had you know, had uh brown hair like this kid. Why does this kid have to have like darker hair? It just fits his character. I guess. Oh, because he's the bad boy. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, uh, dude, and, he is a trope, isn't he? He's like the bad yeah. boy with a heart of gold. <laughs> well, he's he's the bad boy who's a total ass for t- 18 minutes of the movie <laughs> or 18 minutes of the show and then has a heart of gold dude, for like the last two minutes. Spoilers. All right, so, okay, so, so he pops so out Stan- the scarecrow. Right, so, so Stanley, though, is telling them about how they don't need to like tease the scarecrows or whatever because he made them move twice. Yeah, he goes, I made them walk last night or yeah. something. And then he's like, and one other time, like a week ago. <laughs> yeah, like, and they're like, oh, Stanley, you're always full of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They treat this guy like, you know, he's an idiot. Well, they did mention that he's slow. Well, yeah. Well, he said a little slow or whatever. But he didn't come off as slow in this. He came off as a crazy person. Yeah, a little bit. Like, there was nothing, like, you know, just stunted uh, about him. He was just, like, 
<laughs> no, there was nothing like like either emotionally or mentally stunted. He was just like a crazy person in there. Maybe emotionally stunted because oh, okay. he was a crazy person. Yeah, okay. Well, there we go. But yeah. So anyway, they mentioned that he's slow, but yeah, he's like, I made the scarecrow walk, and they're just like, yeah. oh, whatever. So and, so we'll get back to 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 slow in a second because uh-huh. I have some comments on that now that you mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. So Next day, they're in the cornfield, I guess, like playing hide and seek uh-huh. or something. I think I looked down and blacked out for a second. But um, she can't find her brother, goes into the barn to like look for her grandpa or something. And there was like weird clothes laid out in the in the hay bales. Did you see that? Yeah. And this never mentioned again. Yeah, uh, it was just like someone had clothes stuffed in the in the hay, and it was just weird. Oh, I assumed that that was uh, okay. They were just building more scarecrows. No, the not Ryder Strong character. Uh huh. I thought that that was his like dressing up like a scarecrow clothes, but it was like a blue t shirt. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I can't tell you. I don't know. Okay, so um, I don't know. Then sticks Ryder Strong scares her again into scene, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's just always like it leads you to think that he's waiting hours upon hours at these locations. Yeah, he's like not helping his dad with the farmhand work like he should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No wonder his dad went nuts. Probably he had a delinquent son. Yeah, and then he named him Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> what a te- what a terrible name. Okay. So, all right. Dinner time, whatever. The pie is different. Yeah. Okay. Everyone so freaked out that the pie is different. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, the pie is cherry this time, right? Cherry instead of apple. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh they're like, "Oh, okay, you know, that's cool." And then that other, you know, Stanley. Stanley. Stanley's like, "I like cherry pie." I like cherry pie and the whole fucking family like <laughs> Freaks they, out. That they he, treat him like that kid from the Twilight Zone. That's where I thought this was going. Like, yeah, exactly. almost. Yeah. What? Like, I thought, well, maybe Stanley is a grown-up version of that kid from the Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, too. Because, what a weird you know, continuity he, that would be. He does steal a lot from Twilight Zone. You know? Really? <laughs> you <Stank>? think? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that that's where this was going. Like, you know. That because in that the kid, I guess he wasn't slow, he was bratty, right? Oh, he was an ass. No, I know, but I mean, he wasn't portrayed as being slow or anything. No, it, it was like he was kind of unimaginative though, because he just kept pe- wishing people back to the cornfield when he <laughs> obviously had like <laughs> omnipotence because he turned that other dude into a jack in the box. Right. And then, and then shuffled his ass to the cornfield. Yeah. Everybody goes to the cornfield. Maybe We're all dumb. of his powers had to go back to corn. <laughs> he's a corn-based. <laughs> yeah, he's a corn-powered person. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... so any- I don't know. So the kids want to hear scary stories from Grandpa. Um, Stanley doesn't like scary stories, <laughs> surprise, so they don't surprise. tell him. Stanley fucks it up for everyone. I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> like, how selfish do you have to be to, to like, take away the, the only joy that these little city kids have out in the country because they're not working on the farm or anything like that. They're playing catch while Stanley's doing all the work. 
yeah. right? These kids are bored out of their mind, and all they want to do is eat pie and hear grandpa's stories, and this guy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. That's my takeaway from this from this episode. Um anyway, uh Scarecrow comes and attacks the the chick during the middle of the night. Turns out ooh, it was a dream. But I did like how the scarecrow had her grandfather's face. Yes, exact same <laughs> face. And the little one uh, had the grandma's face. But yeah. mostly that the grandma one was in the dream. You know, she yeah. had a dream that her grandparents were scarecrows and were attacking her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I liked I liked that. But okay. I mean, even later, I'm pretty convinced that the grandpa played the scarecrow. <laughs> he could have. He wasn't in that scene. And I'm sure they had a very low budget. Yeah. So anyway, so I don't know. Somehow it seems as though, sorry, I keep bringing everything up, but it's like somehow the kids blame sticks for her dream (laughs) and they just, they decide that it's time to get back at him for it. Yeah. Right. And so they dress the little brother up as a scarecrow and then just send him off into the woods. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're going to, they're going to scare sticks. Yeah, exactly. That's what I just said. <laughs> well, sorry. But no, I see you looking down at your phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So anyway, um, I, I sometimes forget this is a video chat. <laughs> so anyway, so they're so they're gonna sca- stare, scare sticks now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh and so the girl goes out. To get him, and then all of a sudden, a uh, scarecrow comes after her. Yeah, a real scarecrow. And sticks pulls she her. knocks off its head, and it yeah. still comes after them. Yeah, which way to almost knock your brother's head off. Yeah, what if it would have been the brother? Or sticks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything other than just a scarecrow. Yeah, which is anything the least other likely. than the last thing you actually expect it to be. Yeah. So, Could have murdered someone. Yeah, um... So anyway, uh, so Sticks pulls her into the trailer and he's like, hey, uh, turns out my dad found a like found a spell book that he was going to uh, use on the scarecrows to make them scare crows away. But they turned out to scare everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That, That was his ambitions. Is he was going to use the spell book <laughs> to make the scarecrows scare crows more. Yeah. So he'd have less work to do. Yeah. Maybe if his little delinquent son would have helped him a little bit more, he wouldn't have turned to black magic in the first place. <laughs> yeah. And maybe if they hadn't been so dismissive of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if you say, if you say, um, that Stanley is a little slow. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's all an act because he found and deciphered a spell book written in another language. It wasn't too hard to decipher. It was just straight up like Latin written in modern English lettering. <laughs> I'm just saying, have you ever found and deciphered a spell book? No, but I wouldn't like shit my pants and like disbelief if I did. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know what what decision you thought was going to happen if he, you know, came across what it. If, what if there were like... What if there were uh, instructions on like rituals and stuff? I don't know. There wasn't. I know. Evidence by the end. Uh, (laughs) But so anyway, so scarecrows end up cornering them, and Stanley Stanley helps them out, 
as well. And the brother's there by this time because nothing really happens during that other than, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Because I mean, at this point, you realize that there's like a half dozen scarecrows. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of the but only just they the all, two. They all left the little brother alone. Yeah. 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 And so I, I honestly thought that the brother dressing up like a scarecrow was going to play into the climax. Nope. <laughs> no, it didn't at all. It just kind of just bided an, some time. another dropped goosebumps plot thread. <laughs> Chekhov's unused gun. Yeah. <laughs> we should we need like Stein's gun or something like that. Stein's scarecrow. It's like an unused plot device. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, so they're all gathered up in the barn as scarecrows are closing in. And then the brother gets behind the wheel of the, the hay thrasher. <laughs> And just mows them down. Yeah, thrasher. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Thrasher? Thrasher. Uh, yeah. And just mows them down. Yeah. And, and that's like it, the end of it, right? But hold on, hold on. And then it's my favorite scene in the move or in the show, right? Everybody's back in the living room, back to normal. Nobody's pissed off at Stanley for blackmailing him and stuff like that. <laughs> He's still hanging out. He finds another spellbook page <laughs> on the in, like in the middle of the ground in the living room. Yeah, right. Picks it up and reads. Starts it. saying it out loud, and then the thresher comes alive, maximum overdrive style. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like Stanley. Like it's yeah. time to old yeller Stanley. Like obviously <laughs> he is not. He's not doing too well. I mean, I, I I feel like at the very least, maybe there should have been some like, like repercussions. Well, you know, that's what like I'm maybe saying. gone like, to jail for extortion or Because <laughs> <laughs> he w- he was keeping the scarecrows alive so they would like do things for himself or for him for a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I that's what I'm saying. Like he was there for reasons unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, all he did was screw things up. It's just time to retire the man. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, yeah. Sticks obviously isn't going to do anything. No, Sticks can go live out in the cornfield and just do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> he can just scare random passerbys and steal their wallets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, all in all, uh, five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't even remember. Do we rate these? I, I yeah, sure. Why not? Two out of five. It was. Yeah, enjoyable. it's like a two. <laughs> it's not great yeah all right yeah it was enjoyable but um not good it honestly was one of the better goosebumps episodes say cheese and die is still the best one yeah all right well (laughs) you you want to do your book Uh, okay Uh, we're just gonna shotgun through this show are we i guess yeah my book is (laughs) revenge of the lawn gnomes um so basically this kid Joe, let me, I guess I can pull up a quick summary so that we're not just, cause I mean, we spoil the hell out of Goosebumps month. Or out of yeah. Month. Unless in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, do you want to do yours first? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, this one, uh, the thing is Joe has lots of ornaments in his garden. But when he brings two really ugly garden gnomes, brings home two ugly garden gnomes, the trouble begins. Late at night, when everyone's asleep, is uh, someone is whispering in the garden saying nasty things. Can it be the gnomes? That's the summary. 
that's like probably the gnomes <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, and honestly it's not really at all kind of what happens <laughs> so <laughs> interesting little uh little thing they got going on there so anyway uh the the book opens at a ping pong game and this is kind of funny because uh, <laughs> like the protagonist joe he and his sister mindy are playing ping pong and he's like there's a spider on your shoulder and I, I don't really remember why he brings that up just other than it just kind of shows that he and his sister just kind of like jerks to each other. You know, yeah. imagine that in a Goosebumps book. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, um, so he's like, you know, Mr. McCall's coming over. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know, off in the background. Oh, obviously, obviously, I, I did an audio book of this. <laughs> so, obviously. Yeah. So he's like, Mr. Did McCall. Did put it on double time? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, anyway, so he's like, Mr. McCall's coming. And then. Mr. Uh, McCall's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, Mr. McCall's coming over. And then uh, he's like, you kids. And, they, and then it's like, shh. <gasps> You know, showing like the end of the chapter, right? And then it just turns out it's Mr. McCall's son, Moose, who's his best friend instead of the scary neighbor. What a fake out. Yeah, instead of the scary neighbor, you know, who he was super afraid of. Anyway, so it turns out that uh, he, uh, you know, Mr. McCall is an ex-vet and he's like supposedly like this hard ass, but it never really shows him uh, being that way other than the fact that he's really, really hard on their dog. His uh, Joe's dog Buster keeps going in that guy's garden and uh, digging up. He's planted some sort of melon. Uh, shit, I, I left my notes in the car, but whatever. He plants some <laughs> sort of melon uh, that's like um, he and Joe's parents are in this like gardening club and they both won a blue ribbon, you know? And so they're real competitive when it comes to gardening. But uh, the neighbor, Mr. McCall, has planted these melons, and the dog keeps, like, getting in his shit and digging it up. And other than Mr. McCall being very patient, in my in my opinion, about the dog, all, all, like, going over there and digging it up time and time again, uh, is like, you know, I'm going to call the cops and get your dog taken away. And that's about it. Like, that's him being, like, a, a terrible hard ass, right? So, anyway... um. So his dad, Joe's dad, comes home, and he and Mr. McCall are best friends, even though they're competitive on their garden. They're best friends, and uh, he's like, but they just constantly giving each other shit. Like he's like, you know, your melons look like golf balls, and he's like, oh, shut up, your tomatoes are tiny, and he's like, I'm gonna need a wheelbarrow to take these tomatoes. <laughs> like that's literally their dynamic. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but anyway, um, so uh, he. Uh, you know, he's mad about the dog getting in there and Joe blows on a dog whistle. Right. And it ends mm -hmm. on an awesome thing. He's like, he blows the dog whistle and he's like, ah, it's broken. And then, <laughs> and then, and then he's like, you know, Shh, and it's like, oh, never mind. You can't hear dog whistles. <laughs> like, but he, oh it's God. like the only thing his dog ever listens to. So this kid is like, yeah. Uh, so he's used it before. Yeah, it's the only thing that heals his dog. And and he's like, it's broken. <laughs> like, are you brain damaged? What's going on here? <laughs> and so anyway, I feel like that is kind of a common occurrence in um, in Arlstein books or in Goosebumps in particular is like 
the semi brain da- damaged main characters because like they do stuff like that. And there's actually a part that's sort of like that in my book that I'll get to too, uh-huh. where it's like something that is an everyday occurrence to them, but yet they feel like the need to explain it to the audience. Right. Yeah. It's like, there's no point of view character, yeah, yeah, you know, that they bounce explanations off of. Um, like his friend Moose could have gone like, why is your whistle working? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, he could have explained it to him, but instead he chooses the route of making his character an idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah. every time. <laughs> like, why can't I eat the water? Oh, that's cause water's wet and isn't solid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then the dad comes home and he's like, come on kids, we're going down the street. Uh, to this old lady's house, like she sells uh, garden supplies from her house, mm-hmm. and they walk in, and she's like, "You know, you're my finest customer." And he's like, "I'm pretty convinced we're her only customer." You know, and please so, tell me that's what her voice sounded like in the audiobook. I don't remember; she wasn't there very long. And so, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> well, as you also alluded to, everyone kind of sounded like chipmunks. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I did slow it down once the gnomes started talking because otherwise, you know, they were they were talking like uh, real like stereotypical little person sounding. You know, hey, how's it coming? You know, and like, then, I'm just picturing it like when you double it, it goes to like you know out of human hearing range. <laughs> Someone blowing a dog whistle. <laughs> Uh, no, no, because you can't hear dog whistles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so she sells them some uh, lawn gnomes, right? And the dad names one Chip because his tooth chipped, and the other one Hap because he's happy looking, All right? And okay. so then just weird shit starts to happen, um, and uh, to the neighbor's lawn. Like one, the next day, uh, his melons were dug up, and he's like. You know, one. I only have four melons left. How am I supposed to win the blue ribbon? And his dad's like, you never win with melons. Everyone's looking at tomatoes. Ha! And he's like, no, seriously, tie your fucking dog up. Like, I, w- <laughs> I will, I will uh, get mad about this. I and, will murder that dog. Yeah, so he ties the dog up, and then he notices that there's, like, melon seeds in, in the gnome's lips, right? And he's yeah. like, hmm... And also, he had noticed after he like healed his dog once with the with the whistle uh, that the dog came up and licked the gnome, and the gnome looked like grimaced for a second, and then returned to his happy mm-hmm. face, but not enough to really do much, like to arise his suspicions too much, because he's just like, well, that's weird. Maybe I was seeing things, you know? Yeah. And so anyway. So then the next day, uh, <laughs> this was my favorite thing they ever did, though. The next day, like, uh, the neighbor looks at his garden and they've, like, taken marker and <laughs> drew faces on his melons. Right. <laughs> and he like, how are you going to blame that on a dog? Right. <laughs> and so anyway, he's like, you and your dog. I know it was you, Joe. I know it was you on this one. And he's like, no, it really wasn't. And so anyway, he's like getting real mad, wanting to call the cops. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, hey, hey, Joe's dad, your son can't play with Moose anymore. Yeah, his son's name is Moose, by the way. Anyway, and you so, that. Oh, okay. So anyway, so uh, basically, they uh, they go out at night, and um, because hold on, that there was like paint on his Jeep, 
the next day, instead of screwing with the garden, they had like thrown paint on his Jeep. Mm-hmm. And and Moose is like, dude, my dad is pissed. He's like, he's gotten a police investigation into this. Whoever's doing it's going to jail. He's like, you didn't do this, did you, Joe? And he's like, no, but we were both caught out at night, so it's going to get blamed on us. We may as well join forces. And Moose is like, yeah, you're right. We are going to get blamed for this. So right then, all of a sudden... Oh, also, Joe and Moose had been playing ring toss. I only bring this up because it's hilarious to me. This like actually did kind of make me laugh. Because the whole time, he was like... Uh, Saying like, oh God, these these gnomes are ugly. They look like you, Mindy. You know, like just being real <laughs> shitty to his sister, right? <laughs> and so they were playing ring toss on the gnome's pointy heads. And uh and he's like, Look, Mindy, it looks like your pointy head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Anyway, but uh so they uh the the gnomes straight up just come alive, right? <laughs> During uh-huh. at night. And the neighbors are like, you know, you know, the parents are like, y'all saw some shit. But then they go back out and the gnomes are back alive. And then they are like, hold on there, people. You know, uh, <laughs> like they all talk like that. Right. And some of them have English accents, too. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so uh, they're like, look, look, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Uh-uh. Hey, it's not our fault. You know, <laughs> we're mischief gnomes. And so anyway, they uh they're mischief gnomes. And so they're like, look, if you break our friends out of this old lady's house, we'll happily run off in the woods and cause mischief elsewhere. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, you know, I don't really like you to these gnomes. You know, we don't really trust you, but we'll break it out. And so anyway, so they go to the lady's house and they get down in her basement and the gnomes like, allow like get the kids to sit up on their shoulders to get in the window and shit. And mm-hmm. so they get there and instead of six gnomes, there's 600 gnomes and they're like, Oh God. Right. And so then they're just, uh, they're, uh, you know, I don't know. There's all the gnomes start coming to life and attacking the kids, but not really doing much other than just talking shit. And so, um, they, they're like, you know, but they do say like some screwed up stuff. Like they're wanting to uh, make like play tug of wars with the kids' potties <laughs> and stuff. Okay, and, and like use them as like trampolines. And the kids are pissed off about how like uh, you know how shitty these gnomes are. You know, and mm-hmm. so anyway, so he's gonna try to get his dog to come break into that window for backup. And so he pulls out the whistle, and the, the gnomes get mad, and they wrestle him away. And wrestle the whistle away, but he grabs it again and he blows it and all the gnomes freeze into place. And he's like, they weren't afraid of the dog because of the grimace face earlier. It's like, they weren't afraid of the dog. They're afraid of the whistle. And so he's like, well, let's get out of here. And he's like, I hope they can't find their way out. And they just leave these gnomes in there. Like, (laughs) apparently the whistle turns the gnome. He doesn't smash them or anything. Like, I would smash them, wouldn't you? Oh, I mean, okay. How do you know that they're actually made of porcelain? Well, it does right. mention that uh, they they froze and like one of them fell to its side and made a plastic, sound, you know, a plaster okay. sound. Because I was going to say, you're about to smash just like random living creatures <laughs> just because they're standing still and been kind of a jerk. Yeah, I guess that no. seems a little bit overkill. Craig. Yeah, but dude, they were going to kill them. That's the well, thing. Yeah. Well, I think once <laughs> once you kidnap someone and they're going to kill them, all bets are off. You know, there's no yeah. high ground on that. Like, no, you were going to kill me. 
Yeah, you go hard. So anyway, so anyway, they but they were content on just using their bodies as a ladder to get back out the window and leap. And so mm-hmm. that's what they did. And so then Joe's dad brings home like a big ass uh, gorilla, like a big plaster gorilla for the garden. Like after that. And he's like, you know, the mom's like, you know, you and your garden stuff. Those look terrible. And then Joe's like, you know, I think it's the best looking gorilla I've ever seen. I hope it's not as bad as those stupid gnomes. And the parents are like, yeah, where did those go? You know, and then he looks and the gorilla winks at him. And that's the end. Nice. So uh, it was enjoyable. I would say a two and a half out of five. <laughs> okay. And so I that, mean, that's my book. Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes printed August 95. I was August busy being 95. 12. I just turned 12 and happy to read my brand new book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mine was March 1994. Oh. Yeah, um, I was only 10. It's, it's called Why I'm Afraid of Bees, and it has a picture of a bee with a boy's face on it on the cover. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like um, and, and, and the tagline is, he's no ordinary human being. Oh, I like it. I like yeah. it. Okay. So what, just, just out of curiosity, uh-huh. like, what do you think this, mo- this, this book's going to be about? Um... About either getting shrunk and turned into some sort of bee-human hybrid, uh-huh, or about possibly mean killer bees, and they just screwed the car- the artwork up. Yeah. See, okay, the second one is what I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some sort of um, humanoid hive of bees that's like you know Legion from the Bible. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it gets that dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, may, maybe something like along those lines. Okay, so let me read you Dude, the synopsis. Dude, an R.L. exorcism book will be insane. <laughs> <laughs> so let me read you this the, the little synopsis real quick. Um, because, like, you're correct on the first one. He does turn into a bee. Uh-huh. Okay? Not a bee-human hybrid. Well, we'll get into that. But let me read you... The synopsis, which tells you how he turns into a bee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gary Lutz needs a vacation from himself. Bullies are constantly beating him up. His only friend is his computer. Even his little sister doesn't like him. But now Gary's dream is about to come true. He's going to exchange bodies with another kid for a whole week. Gary can't wait to get a new body until something horrible happens. And Gary finds out his new body isn't exactly human. So it's kind of like a almost a fly. Well, kind of. Okay. So, all right. uh, uh, We'll get into it in a second. All right. So this tells the tale of Gary Lutz um, and his little sister. (laughs) No, but uh, they are not going on summer vacation to their grandparents' house or an uncle or anything, but it is summer vacation because it's always summer vacation in Goosebumps. Okay, so he's afraid of bees, Mm -hmm. right? And he's actually afraid of um, many, many other things as well. Like he's got a big long list. He's your, your stereotypical like parody of a nerd. Right. Okay. Oh my glasses. Yeah, basically. Um, except for it does have this one scene where he describes himself what he sees in a mirror, and it's like 
he's like, I'm an average kid with average build. I don't look that bad. And I've got long blonde hair and stuff like that. And you're like, what? Like, anyway. He just so, has body dysmorphia. He sees yeah, himself that's basically what happen. it is. <clears throat> okay, so it says uh, that this is the story of how he's afraid of bees. Okay? Or why he's afraid of bees. Yeah. Um, because he said, like, up until a month ago, I was afraid of bees. And I'll tell you why. But he starts the story already afraid of bees. Okay. Like, it's in the first page. So how is it the story of how he became afraid of bees if he was already afraid of bees? I don't know, man. Arl Stein's got some wacky-ass logic. <laughs> I've been steinied. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so he's afraid of bees. Um, he, oh, here it is. He said, uh, this is what he sees in the mirror. Saw a long, skinny face, a medium-sized nose, and straight blonde hair. Not exactly handsome, but not terrible. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so um, it, it, the first two chapters are him freaking out at things he thinks are bees. Uh-huh. Oh, hold on, you're cutting out. Buzzing sounds. And, you're, you're cutting sorry. out? What? I, it, said, it, I said the first couple of chapters are literally just him being afraid of things he thinks are bees. <laughs> Okay, um, and then you meet his neighbor, who is a beekeeper. There's right? a lot of bee shit going on already. Yeah, there's there's too much. Yeah, in this book, um, but like, it is Mr. Andretti, and he's like a beekeeper, and he um, beekeeps with like his bare hands and stuff like that because he trusts the bees. And he like they do stuff for him, like gather, you know, they make honey and gather pollen and stuff. And it's like it sets his neighbor up to be what you think is the reason why he turns into a bee. Okay, Mm -hmm. Um, because like there's one scene where he sees him like out the window, like nobody's watching him and he just lets all the bees cover him. And he just kind of stands there being in a full bee suit, like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And you're like, what is going on with this guy? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it like never shows him again until later. But, yeah. So as you do. Um, huh? I said, as you do. Yeah. OK. So uh, he's scared of everything. Oh, here's here's a list of what he's scared of. A few other things, too, such as dogs, big, mean kids, <laughs> the dark loud noises and swimming in the ocean uh and then he's even scared of his sister's cat okay so this guy's just Um, an all-around just a little little wuss huh yeah and it also makes a point to say that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are his favorite but they run out of jelly in one scene one scene where he's eating it there are many okay (laughs) (laughs) one scene where he's eating it and his mom's like why don't you use this honey and he's like and it's like, I guess he's scared of honey because he's scared of bees. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> um, then like a few chapters in like fifth chapter or something like that. Um, he gets the crap kicked out of him um, mm-hmm. by these three older boys. Okay. Uh, or actually, I don't even think they're older boys. Just three boys. Okay. <clears throat> and like. It it spins the chapter break, like kicking, like beating the crap out of him. Like it it does one of those R.L. Steins where it's like, um, 
And then they came at me with their fist. And then it does a chapter break and you think like, but I ducked. Right. Um, But it's like they came at me, you know, came at me or whatever. And then the next chapter, it's like 15 minutes later after they were done beating me. <laughs> like, like I'm not even joking. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God. And so he goes like home and he's like trying to avoid his parents like and puts on like a long sleeve shirt so they won't see bruises yeah. and stuff like that. And um, he, he's just kind of fed up and he's like i wish i would you know could be anyone else or whatever and then the next day he's trying to impress some girls on his cool bike that he has they uh-huh. got for christmas and he is trying to impress them and he almost gets hit by a car but he dodges the car and runs into a light pole uh-huh. and it totally embarrasses himself in front of the girls he likes right and again he goes home but this time he's also like it looks like he got the crap beat out of him again, uh-huh. but it's because he ran into a pole like full speed. Right. And he broke his bike and then his parents find out or whatever. And he's just like, I don't want to be me anymore. Be me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I wish I could be anybody. He's like, um, he's like, I would have put down roots in that mud puddle and turned myself into a tree. You know, he's like literally anything. Um, so, he goes into his room to play video games because uh, that's his only friend, as the synopsis said. And there's like an online message board um, and it makes a point to to have a message from some person that he was like having trouble beating a boss in the game and they told him how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. It makes a point of going out of its way to say this. Um, and so he reads the message, tries to beat the boss again and still can't do it because he's such a loser. <laughs> it's like it goes out of its way to like just crap all over this kid okay so he's got another message that's like um basically an online ad right it's spam mail and it's like take a vacation from yourself change places with someone for a week mm-hmm. okay yeah and so he's like i don't know that sounds dumb or whatever and he he thinks about it and he's like yeah, I'm going to do it, okay? Because, like, his sister w- wakes him up with, like, a cat toy that's in the shape of a mouse. And he freaks the hell out, right? So, and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna be someone else for a week. And so, he goes and he hangs out with this. He goes to the, to the place and he talks with uh, the person who runs it, Miss um, Carmen. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, yeah, you know, and she explains it. And she's like, we put your brain into someone else's body <laughs> for a week <laughs> for a week and um and he's like okay that sounds right you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he's like well how do you do this right and and she's like well you exchange there's a list of people who want to, to change and then whenever we find a match we just come over to your house and we do it and he's like okay cool um and so he doesn't think anything of it and then he gets like I don't remember something else bad happens. I don't know. The kids, the kids got some problems (laughs) in his home life. So so he calls her up the next day and was like, Hey, have you found anybody yet? Okay. And she's like, actually, yes, we found a guy. His name is Dirk Davis. Right. And it's like, and he wants to be you um, mainly because you're good at math and he's in summer school and needs someone to do his uh, math test for him. 
right? (laughs) And so he's like, all right, I can do that, right? And so she comes over to do the test or to do the the mind swapping thing because apparently it's like a portable machine she can carry around, right? And um, so... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So she she does the mind swapping thing, right. and while it's going on, uh, the back door is slightly open, uh-huh. and bees are coming in from the neighbor's beehive. But, right? Uh, okay. And so he's I thought like, you meant like they physically put your brain. In. No, no, it's okay. a machine that like transfers your space because Dirk Dirk Davis or whatever his name is, yeah, isn't even here. He's somewhere else, far away. And so they're going to do it like remote brain swapping. Ew. Okay. And so, um, I mean, how do they coordinate that? Is Wouldn't like, there be like compression issues? Yeah, maybe. Or like, where is she telling Dirk that he needs to, you know, get ready for this? Is there somebody else over there at her, his house with another machine? Like, is it just going to stop him like, you know, mid shower or something? <laughs> like what's going on? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, there's bees coming in the back door and he like literally tries to stop her and is like, can we shut the door? There's bees coming in. <laughs> right. And she's like, nah, we'll be fine. And it's like, <laughs> and he's like, it's his house. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, no, really, there's a lot of bees coming in. Cause there's like lots of bees coming in. Right. And so she does the, she does the thing like mid sentence while he's talking to her. Right. Um, Cause I guess she's got places to be. And his brain uh, gets pushed into a bee instead of Dirk Davis. Okay. Now, (laughs) what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Is it just like some sort of laser beam that shoots brains at people? It didn't Um, at all go into the science of it? No, not at all. Um, And so it's like, even, even if it was like a laser beam, what are the chances that there's nothing in between the laser beam and like in between him and Dirk da- and Dirk Davis. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Especially, Somehow. Especially given their mileage between each other. Right. Yeah. Who knows how far away he is. Um, so he gets put into a body of a bee. She thinks everything's hunky dory because Dirk Davis is in his body. Right. And so it's like he's got this dude parading around as him. Right. And he's in a bee, and he can't tell anybody because he's a bee. Hold on, right? hold on. Let me let me guess. The twist at the end is that the bee has been in Dirk's body. Oh, that's not a twist. That's like four more chapters. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See, I thought because they weren't they weren't really forthcoming with the fact that Dirk was in his body first. Mm-hmm. So I was like, did he just switch bodies with with a bee, and the bee is going to be in his body? Is what I was expecting. And then I thought like, oh. Hold on. Comatose somewhere off. In the- it's, what? It screwed up. And you thought okay. what? I thought Dirk would just be like comatose, <laughs> yeah. like off in the distance somewhere. And <laughs> some parents are going to be like, why is my kid all of a sudden in a coma? <laughs> right. And it's just because his brain left his body, but had nowhere to go because the bee was already in his body. But that's not where it went. Because like normally I have a tendency to make goosebumps go way darker in my head than they actually go. Yeah. But anyway, um, then like the next third of the book 
is him just flying around as a bee. Really? I mean, kind of. It's him doing bee stuff and trying to remember bee stuff from this bee book he read. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, it's not exactly boring, but it is nothing like... Nothing happens. Okay. Nothing happens. Like, he gets into the beehive, and he finds out he likes honey. Um, he can't communicate with the bees, though, because he doesn't know how bees communicate, which is by dance, by the way. Um, and he, But there is one kind of interesting thing that goes on, like, while he's doing bee stuff, uh-huh. like, while he's in the hive. He starts to lose his humanity every once in a while. What do you mean? And it goes into like deep existential crisis about whether or not he was ever a boy at all. If he's ever been a like, or if he's been a bee his entire life and only thought he was a boy and stuff like that. And it does it a couple of times, but every time he just shrugs it off and he's like, nah, I was a boy. <laughs> and then it's like, but there's these little glimmers of like deep existential crisis woven into it that just like are a sentence or two at a time. Huh. And it's hilarious to He's me. Like, is it so, normal for little boys to build hives in their room? I've yeah, always exactly. done that. <laughs> <laughs> I've always vomited pollen into little <laughs> containers to make honey. Yeah, yeah. But, so so um, there's one part which has probably the worst like steining I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay? Um, so it's it's a chapter break, and. <sighs> So he sees a cat or he sees a dragonfly, right? Okay. Um, and he's like, oh, look at this dragonfly. Uh, cause there's like a shadow above him. Um, and it swoops down and he's like, and the dragonfly bit me in half. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh crap. Right. And you oh, turn the page and it was like, it was just like, oh no, it was just my imagination. <laughs> like, like literally oh no i i just was expecting that sort of thing to happen but i don't know so he gets caught by his beekeeper friend and like pe- person um and he like contemplates stinging him and he remembers oh no wait you can only sting a person once and then you die if you're a bee right mm-hmm. and so he finally makes his decision. This is after days of being a bee, right? Yeah. That he's going to go talk to the lady and see if he can like figure out how to communicate with her and um, tell her change that, bodies back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, and so there's like this microphone she's talking on to like dictate things like research notes or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he starts talking to that and she can hear him because it's louder. Right. And she's like, oh, you're a bee. That's weird right? <laughs> <laughs> and um it turns out that dirk because she checks on it for him dirk does not want to change bodies back right and apparently you have to be willing to change bodies back um you would which think is, that, that would uh, fall under hor- some sort of horrible flaw in this plan <laughs> yeah uh, some sort of uh proprietary rights right yeah um so uh he doesn't want to change body back. He likes his family. Um, he even likes his little sister. You know, he likes her cat. He likes everything that's going on. He likes his friends. Um, he's even kind of getting with uh, the the girl that Gary likes. Yeah. Right. Because Dirk is a really good skateboarder. Right. Uh-huh. And he's been impressing the chicks skateboarding and giving her lessons. 
And so it's like, this leads me to believe that Dirk probably doesn't have a very healthy family life at home. Probably you know? not. And that's probably the reason why he's failing math is he gets no support. Yeah. But um, so so Gary in his B body is trying to convince uh, Dirk to, to come back. Right. Oh, oh he did visit uh, Dirk's body and it was a B. <laughs> <laughs> what was he um, doing, though? Because she was like, oh, well, that explains why Dirk has been acting so strangely whenever he explains that he's in the body of a bee. Um, mostly standing out in the middle of the yard, humming, and then sticking his nose in flowers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was probably the best part of the book. <laughs> but uh, so. Oops, hold on. I unplugged my headphones. On accident. Give me one second. Okay, so um gary's trying to convince him uh he leaves a message on his computer because he's wide or he's heavy enough to type right uh-huh. and um and it's funny because he misspells it, but it and it makes a point of having him misspell like mm-hmm. the fact that he's you know in the b body mm-hmm. but gary turns out could hear him all the time he could like yeah it turns out something and, and this is probably why he's able to speak as a bee. Something went wrong in the mind transfer and they both have, and, and he has bee parts in him now and he can hear bees and hear other bugs. And he's heard him the whole time saying that he's a bee and stuff like that. He's just been ignoring him because screw you, you're a bee, you know? Yeah. And also, okay. If, if something that bad could happen, like I wouldn't want to go back either. Like, I'll yeah. just, I'll what's spend gonna, the rest yeah, what's going to happen on the way back. Yeah. So, um, he gets into a fight with Gary, uh, or with, with Dirk in Gary's body. And somehow, um, he becomes like the leader of the hive and gets the entire hive to swarm Dirk. Right. Which scientifically wouldn't happen, but no, okay. would not happen at all. Uh, well, I mean, I guess there's ways like pheromones and stuff. Like whenever you kill a bee, more bees come to attack you because oh, you I killed know. a bee. I know. But, but anyway, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just speaking um, of that bee problem I had a while back. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Damn bees. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, he stings him right on the nose. And then he's like, oh no, I'm going to die. Right. And, um, he, he thinks he's going to die because he, he stung Dirk, but Dirk relents and he's like, okay, you can have your body oh, back. Hold on. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you getting, uh, I'm getting a presidential alert. Oh, no! oh man. <laughs> it's the test of the national wireless emergency alert system. No action is needed. <laughs> Lock her up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait till we get presidential alerts like that. Yeah. Oh, man. So stings Dirk on the nose and he's kind of like, okay with dying for a moment. Um, And then uh, turns out they were able to mind swap right then. I don't know how that worked. Okay. (laughs) So he goes back into his own body. Dirk goes back into his and presumably the bee dies a horrible and confusing death. Right. Um, so now everything's back to normal. Mm-hmm. He goes back about his business. Um, he's friends with the bee colony now, 
like they like come into his room and stuff and he feeds them um because he still has some bee parts is that what uh the neighbor was doing like with you know having all the bees around him in the beginning i think that guy was just crazy oh, okay <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> um but then like he becomes friends with dirk like they actually have lots in common is what he said right and then um there was also whenever he went back um to to see the the mind swapping lady he ran into this girl that he said looked real sad or whatever that was coming out uh-huh he ran into her again and now like they're dating or whatever well so um, this really changed his life yeah and then at the end it's like you know uh he leans down and starts like smelling flowers and stuff and like he said he's found a way to get pollen out of the flowers this is a so, kind of it sounds like it's a weaker goosebumps it's yeah it is i'd say like one and a half <laughs> yeah so it wasn't it didn't aim for goosebumps perfection which is a two and a half <laughs> <laughs> on the scale of one to two and a half <laughs> what, what would you give this goosebumps um yeah i mean it was okay but it just kind of really didn't do um there was a lot that just felt like Nothing. You know, a lot of the filler or uh-huh. a lot of the book seemed like filler where he was just um, a bee for a while. Huh. Well, all right. So. And it seemed almost like it was trying to be educational with bee facts. Uh, yeah, that's what it kind of seemed like to me. <laughs> I mean, just a like him diving hardcore and like it's almost like R.L. Stein uh, maybe read a... Uh, you know, uh, an encyclopedia entry on bees and decided like, ah, you know what? This could be my new book. (laughs) Huh? Well, that is odd, (laughs) but all right. Well, we both got steined this week. Still waiting for some goosebumps perfection, but, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah, that one was like existential terror, right? <laughs> huh. That is odd. Um, Okay. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, I guess I am going to call it quits. I keep getting a problem on my computer. So, yeah, I, I probably need to wrap it up. But um, uh, that concludes part one of uh, <laughs> this month's or this year's. Yeah. Uh, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 8. This is our fifth spooky month. Oh, man. Man. Dude, I propose 2019 spooky year. (laughs) I'm down. But, all right. I think next time we'll be back with Ryan C. Thomas. 
author. Uh, he's shown some some interest. Well, I I, I asked, uh, you know, hey, are you down? And he sent like a gift back of someone happy. I, I don't remember. <laughs> it was late at night. But yeah, he he did send something back saying that he was interested. So we'll see. But all right, sounds good. I guess uh, we'll see you in two weeks. The podcast you just heard is part of the B and E Network. Brought to you by B-Movies and eBooks.com. Yeah.